Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg, where psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics and shares biblically-based psychological strategies for living well and staying safe. Now, here is your host of Living Well with Dr. Peg, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Whether you're a wife or husband, a mother or father, or a daughter or son, we all have one thing in common. We're part of a family. Hi, I'm your host, psychologist and author, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg, where all good psychology is God's psychology. Each week we explore effective psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well and staying safe. On today's episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, Marriage and family counselor, Tony Matoyer, provides insights into how our childhood impacts the way we do adult relationships and how we parent our children. I'll introduce Tony Matoyer in just a moment, but first, Living Well with Dr. Pegg is brought to you by our sponsor, SSI Guardian, who set the new standard in advanced safety education. If you're a K-12, higher ed, or hospital administrator, or you're a decision maker in the hospitality industry or a community organization, go to SSIGuardian.com for more information about upcoming advanced active shooter response training. And you can stream today's program online at drpegradio.com. And if you missed last week's episode or any episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, go to drpegradio.com for the program archives and to connect with our sponsor or purchase a copy of one of my books. And you can also go to drpegradio.com to register for my upcoming Do Something Different for a Change Personal Transformation Retreat in Denver on December 30th, 2017. Take advantage of early bird pricing now through October. Space is limited, so go to drpegradio.com retreat to register today. Well, how many of you need some change and transformation in your marriage relationship or in your family or in your parenting repertoire? Maybe you even need to take a personal retreat away from your own family, not to escape, but to press that reset button and get some beneficial insights, advice, and guidance on making your family or your marriage better. Well, my guest today, marriage and family counselor Tony Matoyer, believes that we need a strong foundation in our marriage to provide our children with a healthy environment for their optimal development but that it's all connected. Our childhood attachments influence our adult relationships and how we parent our own children. Tony Matoyer, thanks for being on the show today. Welcome to the program. Uh, thank you, Dr. Pick. Glad to be here. Thank yeah, you. just a blessing to have you here. Well, you're based in Denver, Colorado, Aurora, Colorado. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about your marriage and family counseling practice so they know what they can expect if they decide to work with you. Hey, Dr. Pick. My, uh, focus is marriage and family. Uh, I work with individuals as well, and I'm also an addiction counselor. Uh, God had called me to this field <laughs> uh, many years ago. Uh, the focus uh, had been on chronically mentally ill at the beginning, mm -hmm. several years of that, and then the last four and a half years uh, has been working with marriages uh, that are in crisis and marriages that are failing. and the majority mm -hmm. of the people that come to me are Christians, they're believers. Uh, they uh, understand and understand the biblical principles that God has basically spelled out to us in his word mm -hmm. about how things work, how we're to love one another, and mm -hmm. you know, the love chapter, but have not quite learned how to put the practical pieces together yes. <clears throat> to make it work in their own marriages. Mm -hmm. So it's very focused uh, in that it's about building a relationship with God 
and then building a relationship with one another and understanding that God is the principle of the marriage. If without God in our marriages, the marriage will be failing similar to the way the secular world mm -hmm. marriages are failing. And unfortunately, that's what we see across the board. Yes. So we focus in on what God says, what he has designed for us, and then how to make it work in our marriages. That's mm -hmm. in summary. That's yeah, and, and so sadly, we do see divorce rates in the body of Christ similar to those in the world. And, and you hit on a good point uh, that we should be not just hearers of the word, but also doers of the word. So we have... I heard someone call the Bible basic instructions before leaving earth. So we have this instruction manual that we can read, we can hear it, but if we don't put it into practice, it really it doesn't benefit us to the same extent it could. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, what happens, Dr. Pegg, we all have very similar things in common in that we are people with feelings, we grow mm -hmm. up in families. They're not always the most uh, healthy, uh, the most uh, healthy functional families. And as a result of, of the dysfunction in so many families, and sometimes not even being aware that how parents are affecting their children growing up, uh, not meeting the attachment needs that are, are required for a healthy child development process, kids grow up. And when they grow up, they're continuing to seek uh, in relationships, and you see it early on in adolescence when they become overly bonded to friends, overly mm. dependent upon friends and relying on their friends for everything. Wow. Some of that is normal. Uh, they're moving into that stage of development where uh, identity is important and their friends are more important and they're starting to shift away from the parental you know, relationship. Right. They're coming into their own. But when that relationship is literally substituting for mm. what was not available or the void that exists within that young person, mm -hmm. then uh, even the other kids can pick up on the clinginess, mm. um, the, you know, the over-dependency, uh, the needs, uh, you know, that are trying to be met through their relationship. This continues to process on through adolescence mm -hmm. into adulthood, into intimate relationships, mm -hmm. and the person continues to seek what they were not given early on in life. Mm. So when we get married, uh, we come to God, we trust that God is gonna be with us and help us and sustain us in our marriage, and he will. What people aren't aware of that right from the beginning, uh, when they initially are sometimes attracted to an individual, mm -hmm. they're attracted because of unresolved kinds of issues uh, that cause them to want to attract to somebody so they can work through those issues at one another's expense. I, I really hesitate to say it that way because I know it sounds unromantic, yes. <laughs> but that's what I see all the time. Mm -hmm. And so that uh, brings them into the counseling situation because it creates impasses. Mm -hmm. And in those impasses, they're not understanding why it seems that we're working against each other rather than working together mm -hmm. and becoming the one the way the Bible has spelled out that that's how it's supposed to be. Right. Yes. Yes. So uh, during the course of this, you know, there's uh, an investigation, uh, mm -hmm. there's an exploration, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's there's uh, setting sessions with the individual to see what it is that they're really needing in their life, yes. what was missing in their life, uh, helping them to come to terms and, and actually embrace some of the pain uh, some of the shame, mm. uh, some of the difficulties and voids that are in their life instead of projecting those same negative feelings onto their spouse right. and then expecting that spouse to meet them 
where they need to be met. Yes. Because it, the way it works, it polarizes. Mm -hmm. And it causes the person to become even greater distance, a greater distance from you mm -hmm. rather than drawing them to you, which was your original intent in the first place. Right, right. Yeah. So you've given a nice, a kind of almost a Reader's Digest overview yes. of what I'd like us to talk about in, in more depth today. And also gives listeners a, a sense of where you're coming from as a marriage and family counselor and how you approach the counseling. That it's, um, uh, we can't just drop our kid off at counseling like a drop-off laundry service, right? Nope. Uh, because, because they're acting out at school. We really have to look at the whole family unit. And we'll talk also about um, issues that are relevant for our listeners who may not be married or may not be parents yet. Yes. But these, the things you're talking about, attachment and attractions and how we relate to one another and distancing and withdrawing and yes. clinging, yes. that affects all of us, yes, whether we're married, single, have children, parents or not. Absolutely, so we'll get yeah. into all of that. Uh, listeners, my guest is Tony Matoyer, a marriage and family counselor based here in Aurora, Colorado. And um, we're going to be... Um, talking about um, families and relationships and parents. So uh, if you have someone who needs to hear this episode, tell them they can tune in right now. They can stream online at drpegradio.com or tune their radio dial if they're in the um, Denver and beyond area to 560 AM, KLZ 560. So let's go back to the basics, Tony, uh, and talk about the purpose and benefits of marriage, because when we do our families God's way, it does start with a marriage. And I understand we have listeners who may or may not be married, may have had children, uh, whether they were married or not. But we want to at least see what the template is of how God designed um, families to look. So let's talk about um, the purpose and benefits of marriage from God's perspective. Okay, well, from the beginning, starting in Genesis 2, 24, we read that marriage, in a marriage, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. There are three verbs in this mm. that are primary, leaving, being united, and becoming one, indicates the three purposes of marriage. Now, leaving involves the departure from your parents and implies that there's a public union of husband and wife into, into the state of holy matrimony. What marriage is, for the believer, mm -hmm. it's a covenant uh, union, uh, marital union, mm -hmm. relationship between the two. And it's also in that covenant, God is very much not just involved, but he's invested. Mm. He becomes a part of your marriage. And so how you are in your relationship with God will definitely reflect how you're going to be in your relationship with one another. Mm -hmm. So if we see that we're running into some uh, difficulties with, with communication or, or insight and understanding or we're having multiple impasses or we're starting to uh, drift apart, it might be a good idea to start looking at where we are in our relationship with God because sometimes he communicates directly to us about what he wants from us and we get that reflection or that feedback from our spouse mm. as to what's going on in our relationship with God. Mm. And God intends for our relationship with him and one another to grow together. Mm -hmm. And in that growing together, it creates a type of oneness, mm. a building of trust and faithfulness and honesty, mm -hmm. integrity, transparency, and lots of uh, wonderful, helpful communication, mm -hmm. you know, that really helps the marriage to flourish. And so 
that's really the basis. Now, becoming one definitely involves sex, but it goes beyond the physical. Mm -hmm. uh, it means that two persons share everything they have, not only their bodies, not only their material possessions, and also, but also their thinking, their feeling, their joys and sufferings, their hopes and their fears, and their failures. Mm. Now, unfortunately, there are natural phenomena that occurs that cause young people or middle-aged people getting married uh, to run across difficulties that doesn't necessarily have to be there. Now, let me say it this way. It's important that parents, uh, through you know, the family life cycle of development, you know, understanding that they are grooming their child uh, to become independent mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that they're going to leave home. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to make it on their own. And we're preparing them for the world, and we're also preparing them for their mate. Right. And that's the goal, because I do see some parents who seem to hold on. Like, they, the goal is to launch your child successfully, exactly. to be independent, for them to go to work, have their own families. But you do see some parents who tend to hold on. It's difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the parent isn't aware that uh, the, the benefit in the relationship between them and their child is so mutual mm -hmm. that uh, it becomes... Well, the parent is, is feeding off of the child, and the child mm -hmm. is feeding off of the parent, mm -hmm. and the relationship is so powerfully bonded so that when the time comes to release or launch the child, it's almost impossible. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily their fault. Sometimes there are complications in the parent's own growing up developmental mm -hmm. years that causes them to to bond a little too close or mm -hmm. become a little too enmeshed. Like they're and meeting their difficult. own needs they're meeting through their, their child. Own needs. Yes. And, and that's hard. I usually don't say it quite that okay. way to the parent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, but letting them know, kind of understanding, giving them insight about where they're at and what mm -hmm. they're doing, and then seeing what their priority needs to be with that child. Right. So then when that person goes, is ready to get married, uh, sometimes even unintentionally, the parent uh, stays way too involved, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the young people's uh, uh, early young marriage. Right. So you said and part of that Genesis 2.24 scripture is to leave. To and leave. so that doesn't always happen, right. even, even literally. Right. And I know yes. some cultures encourage kind of the, the family living scenario or economics might require it, but at least we have to leave emotionally. Right. Mm -hmm. So when, when, one, when one or both uh, of the young people or pre people getting married uh, is trying t to leave, but then they have a parent that continues to cleave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, see, that interferes with the cleaving process mm -hmm. and the bonding process that's supposed to happen between the husband and the wife. Mm -hmm. And so it, it just strains everything. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then it sets up a situation where either one of the adults that are getting married starts to feel guilty mm. or they start to feel torn mm. uh, between, well, you know, my mom or my dad, they've been there for me. They love me. I've been there for them and I don't want them to feel bad. But yet I'm married. Here's my husband and he's requiring this or this is my wife and she's asking me to do that. Mm -hmm. And they are just torn yeah, apart. That's so common, Tony. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. And it creates so much damage mm -hmm. and tearing till it actually uh, tears at the fabric of the marriage itself. And both the spouses become torn. Mm -hmm. uh, rather than being able to bond and, and understand and grow in love and trust, you know, and, and faithfulness towards each other, mm -hmm. they're so divided that they can't invest properly in one another and they can't invest wholeheartedly and freely. 
So that becomes a problem. In one another. So the leave, the cleave, united as one. Some people feel that if they become united as one, they'll lose themselves. Talk ah. about that. We just have a, about two minutes in this segment. Okay. Well, that um, is always potentially uh, a problem. But let me say this. It's not meant that you lose yourself uh, in the oneness. It's about two personalities coming together, utilizing one another's strengths, mm -hmm. taking advantage of every one of the wife or the husband's attributes, blending it into the entity of the marriage, which is separate itself, and then becoming whole in that sense. Not that you get your wholeness from one another, mm -hmm. but that the marriage, the combination or the entity of the marriage with the combination of the best characteristics and attributes of each partner creates a healthy, whole marriage. Mm -hmm. So to complicate, what, what happens is when the person is feeling inhibited or if they have not necessarily developed um, a solid core identity mm -hmm. in the first place, mm -hmm. uh, what ends up happening is they, they shift from dependency and over-reliance you know, on a parent figure for mm. the kind of feedback they need in order to feel whole and, and to feel um, uh, healthy as a person. And then they'll enmesh into their marriage in such a way that they begin to lose themselves. Okay. Because if they start off with a sense of wholeness, it's virtually impossible to mm, lose yourself okay. in that marriage. So the, the two shall become one means they, they need to be two whole individuals. One whole plus one whole equals one. one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but the two shall become one. I'm speaking with right. marriage and family counselor Tony Matoyer. Stay with us. We'll be back. Are you prepared for a sudden cardiac arrest? Having an AED is simply not enough. School athletic coaches are required to have CPR and AED training, but they can only save a life with properly functioning and maintained equipment. Maintain compliance and reduce your liability with AED program management from SSI Guardian. Buy an AED and receive a two-year management program for free. Call us today at 877-878-5800 or visit us at SSIGuardian.com. Do you ever make changes? But after a few days, weeks, or even months, you slip back into old behaviors and patterns. If you want something different, you've got to do something different. Yet most people won't do what's required to experience the lasting change they say they want. Why? Because change is hard, it's scary, and it comes at a cost. If you're ready for change, join psychologist, author, and transformation specialist, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark for a one-day Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreat. In this intensive yet intimate retreat, you'll learn fundamental principles and strategies for lasting change and transformation and craft a customized plan that you can put into action right away. Dr. Pegg's Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreat is coming to Denver on Saturday, December 30th. Go to drpegradio.com forward slash retreat to register today. 
Threats at our schools and workplace continue at an alarming rate and require an innovative approach to overall institutional safety. A 21st century safe school needs the right training, the right equipment, and the correct action plan to achieve a future-ready, safe learning environment. SSI Guardian's comprehensive, evidence-based solutions and Tier 1 Security Consulting is the only active shooter training in America with an accredited CEU. Don't trust your safety to just anyone. SSI Guardian is the only choice. Visit us at SSIGuardian.com. Welcome back, everyone. My guest is Denver-based marriage and family counselor, Tony Matoyer, actually Aurora-based, but Aurora is a suburb of Denver, Colorado. Tony, how can listeners get in touch with you? Well, they can reach me uh, by phone at 720-447-1557, or they can reach me uh, by email at restorationf, as in Frank, S as in Sharon, one two at gmail.com. Excellent. And I'll have a link to Tony's information on my website, drpegradio.com, just in case you didn't have a pen to write that down. And if you want to share this interview with a friend or family member, go to drpegradio.com. That's D-R-P-E-G radio.com. So Tony, you said that we're drawn or attracted to someone that helps us to resolve our childhood attachment conflicts with our parents. And so talk more about the, those attachments. There's three kinds of attachments we can have. That's right. um, one being a very healthy kind of secure attachment, but then there, where those conflicts exist, it, it doesn't resolve itself well. Talk a little bit about those. All right, well, let me, let me start this way. Mm -hmm. I used to uh, do lots of groups, and mm -hmm. much of the time I did groups for women. Mm -hmm. And in those groups, there was a reoccurring theme uh, that continued to happen quite often. And it would leave a lot of the women in the group bitter towards men, mm. uh, feeling as though uh, there is no good man. Mm. If there are, all the good ones are taken, <laughs> right. uh, that kind of thing. And then uh, believing that, well, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that there's really not a good man out there because I've been through a few of them. Mm. And I keep uh, getting the same kind of results uh, back from, from each man. They start off, they're being nice, uh, they're being loving. Uh, they're being, you know, caring and, and those kind of things. And mm -hmm. before long, uh, there's uh, distancing or there's uh, abusive language or fighting, you know, uh, uh, substances. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes a lot of times become in their alcoholism or, or drug abuse and they keep finding themselves in these cycles. Well, what I end up sharing with them is that it's not that all men are bad or all women are bad, but that your picker is mm, broken. Okay, say more about that. <laughs> well, see, what happens is we have an innate drive in us to be fulfilled and mm -hmm. to reach our ultimate uh, uh, place of wholeness and health in our life. Mm -hmm. And because of that, any undealt with or unresolved issues that exist in us uh, are always seeking uh, to be resolved and to reach a state of wholeness or equilibrium or balance you know, in us so that we can move on to the next phase of issues or problems to keep continuing to resolve. Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately, as long as we live, there will be things to resolve in our life. We're True. not perfect. We're not going to be perfect, but we do want to be as healthy and whole as possible. So from an attachment perspective, uh, when you have children that have had either parents, both the working 
unfortunately that's the times we live in mm -hmm. they have to work in order to you know for the bills to be made uh, uh, paid and 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 for you know kids to get what they need and right, needs met. Right. but sometimes what happens is being caught up in trying to make ends meet uh, trying to build a savings or even build a college fund we forget uh, why we're doing what we're doing mm. and to be reminded that I'm doing what I'm doing for the love of my family is a good place to begin for reprioritizing how you're going to invest in your family. Mm -hmm. So if your approach is investing in your family by building up as much money as possible, mm -hmm. that's wonderful. But also balance that with the kind of nurturing and care and reflection and love and attention uh, that the child is needing at any given time. Right. If you can't do that on a daily basis, uh, I usually recommend that you set aside structured time once or twice, at least twice a week okay. uh, to have a meeting with your family. Let it be relaxed, structured at first, but then more relaxed so that it feels more natural. Mm -hmm. So the kids know that they are being seen, they're being understood, they have a voice. Mm -hmm. And a voice for a child is so important. It's not like it used to be when people would say a child should be seen and not right, heard. Right. Well, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. Because the child has a voice and needs to express that voice. How are you ever going to know who your own child is? Mm -hmm. And then they have to start to gravitate towards other relationships that uh, try to find connection and wholeness mm -hmm. that way. Right. And then when it's almost too late, the parent you know, panics right. and they go, oh my God, what are you doing? Who are you playing with? Right, you know, who are right. you involved with? What are they up to? And then you start getting reports from the teacher, you know, and that can be eliminated right from the beginning. Right. Or if it's already got to be a problem, you can start now mm -hmm. with finding time to catch up with what needs to happen in that relationship, mm -hmm. because that is more important than all the money you can make. Mm. Building that relationship with your child, getting to know who she is or he is, and let them get to know who you are. Right. So, so, so a lot of people listening, that's, that's new. That's a new way of thinking about doing their family. Yes. Um, you know, I grew up with an old school father, you know. Um, I, I, dad, do you love me? Well, I, you got a roof over your head, right? <laughs> yes, and food right. on the table, exactly. right? Exactly. That, that was kind of the old school way. Mm. And in today's society, there's so much of a focus on material wealth and, mm. and having things. Well, if I don't get my kid the latest sh shoes, they won't fit in with their peers and they'll feel bad. And so there's this emphasis on making more money to show that you love your children. But what I'm hearing you say is that really isn't going to produce the healthy outcome that we all want it's not good for our children's development no, it's, not. it's not good for the unity and cohesion of our family not that and, alone yeah and, and not that alone so again there's nothing wrong with having wealth and having nice things and working hard right. and setting that example but it cannot be at the expense of connecting with our children and making sure they feel seen and heard that's right okay that's right. good good so uh, dr. Pegg when by the time uh, the uh, adult couples get to me, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's pretty much full blown. Uh, the attachment interactive cycle, mm -hmm. you know, is, is activated. Yeah. Uh, the negative interaction patterns are at play. Mm -hmm. uh, the impasses are in place. Mm -hmm. The defense mechanisms are are engaged. Yeah. They're coming and, to you because they may even be on the road to divorce. Well, a lot of times yeah. they they are. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. People, for whatever reason, sometimes don't seek a counselor until they've exhausted. Right. every possible yes. way they can go about to make it happen mm -hmm. for themselves but you would recommend come sooner rather than later but 
but that's often who you're seeing is people who are it's kind of the end of the road and they're they're trying to pull it together that's mm-hmm. usually the case mm-hmm. uh, as a matter of fact it's it's a good idea to uh, start even before you get married mm-hmm. uh, you know with mm-hmm. you know getting the tools you need to actually develop a good marriage right, and right. to go into it with with the proper tools mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt to uh, to seek you know help with maintenancing some things before mm-hmm. they get out of alignment or out uh, too far out of control right. just like our cars right we do our research and our homework before we even buy the car that's right we we test drive it we're not saying necessarily test drive marriage per se but we get to know our car that's <laughs> we right. take it in for scheduled maintenance yes, we, we change the oil on a regular basis we wash it we wax it we vacuum it yes. you know we yes. love it that's right. that's right <laughs> and we should at least do that much for with our spouse that's right, right. and the car knows you love it and it yes. performs yes. well for yes. you doesn't that's it that's right <laughs> so back to a town yeah. Uh, by the time they get to me, either we're going to see uh, avoidant attachment kinds of, uh, of style uh, behaviors, you know, surfacing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to see anxious attachment style behaviors surfacing. And then uh, a lot of the times ambivalent, but for the sake of, uh, of, of this broadcast, mm-hmm. the focus will be on anxious, avoidant, and secure. Okay. So with the avoidant attachment style person, very similar uh, to the anxious in that they could have the identical upbringing, the same parents, uh, you know, that brought them up, the same conditions that they were living under, the same lack of nurturing or, or the same uh, lack of, of, uh, of attention or, or, or maybe the crisis are the same. And the avoidant attachment person will seek cover, so to speak, uh, once they figure out that they're not going to be loved in the way that they feel they need to be loved, they're not going to get the attention that they're seeking and, 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 and wanting so desperately. And what this person does is learn to tuck their feelings away. Mm-hmm. And so they become disconnected uh, from them own, their own emotional self uh, to an extent so that it's not so painful mm. uh, to have a desire to be loved, have a desire for the attention, have a desire for the nurturing, and then not be able to get it. Mm-hmm. So their strategy is to hide mm. their feelings mm-hmm. and don't allow themselves to become too emotionally invested so that they don't set themselves up for failure, harm, pain, shame, or whatever it is that they experience early on in life. Mm-hmm. The avoidant attachment person, well, before I go to the, uh, uh, to the anxious attachment person, let's go on. So what you see, some of the behaviors are like uh, mixed signals, mm. where the mm-hmm. anxious person is seeking you know, closeness or seeking intimacy. Uh, this person is sending mixed messages. And so what that does, it destabilizes uh, the, their partner's attempt to connect mm. because they're, they're playing games. Mm. Uh, they're saying one thing, doing another. They're mm-hmm. inconsistent. Uh, the value this person, you know, will kind of show or even speak to the fact that they value their independence mm-hmm. and why don't you be more independent mm-hmm. to their spouse? And, and what they're really seeking is is uh, uh, distance, mm. and it, and it comes out of fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, they devalue uh, his or her spouse or their existing party. They will devalue that person uh, using distancing strategies, emotional and physical distancing strategies. Uh, they'll emphasize boundaries in relationships quite often, 
And so you'll see this kind of thing, and it just really plays against uh, the romance uh, mm-hmm. or the connection that mm-hmm. really should be able to be happening in the marriage. Mm-hmm. On the other hand... And let me, let me interject. So these are things, Tony, these are behaviors and patterns we'd see even before someone got married. Just in the perhaps the dating process, these would be things to be aware of, to look for yes. when you're courting, when you're moving towards marriage, That's to right. see how they connect with you. When they're when things aren't exactly the way they want them, are they moving in close or are they pulling away? Right. Yeah. Right. And and unfortunately that's that's really key to what happens mm-hmm. uh, with the person that wants the closest and you know the more anxious attachment style person mm-hmm. desiring it, they literally are attracted to someone that's mm-hmm. gonna make that hard for them to get wow you see mm-hmm. so because it becomes the challenge it creates the challenge and it and it actually plays into that cycle that wants to get in uh, uh, wants to get activated mm-hmm. inside of them in order to reproduce the conditions so to speak uh, in their marriage that they that was originated in their growing up years right. in order to resolve the to conflict resolve of not getting what right. they needed early on in life. So it's not just for the sake of recreating it. It's for the sake of being able to have a, a here and now situation that you can finally resolve. Yes. And so you're, it's your belief that it's a gift in marriage to... <laughs> to expose these yes. childhood issues so right. once and for all uh-huh. we can get them resolved that's right yeah. so it's it, it's it's dual uh, number one let me just say it this way it's a recipe for failure uh-huh sure uh, yeah. in that they will never uh, get those issues resolved at the expense of their spouse mm-hmm. in the way that they're going about doing it. right because it's only going to activate their spouses mm-hmm. uh, part of them that mm-hmm. would naturally resist their attempts yes and that's where the negative interactive uh, cycle begins right okay so it's meant for failure mm-hmm. on the other hand for those of us who understand you know that God works in our marriages mm-hmm. in miraculous ways he we use that as an opportunity yes. to see what surfaces in us at every attempt, uh, you know, to, uh, to seek intimacy, at every attempt uh, to get closure, at every attempt to get more love or to feel more love. And when you experience the rejection or you're experiencing somebody who seems aloof or distant, doesn't want to be mm-hmm. close to you, naturally there's going to be those, those surfacing we'll refer to them as negative emotion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's going to surface shame. It's going to surface abandonment. It's, it's going to surface uh, possibly even some guilt feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, somehow the child is responsible for something uh, that happened between the parents growing up or whatever surfaces in us creates an opportunity for us to know what we need to be able to learn to let go of and present to God or right. surrender to God right. and and it creates an opportunity to work through what surfaces that's why I work with people by itemizing what's going on what are you experiencing what are you feeling what's it causing you to right. want to do what's your natural inclination right now with what you're feeling mm-hmm. and then let's see what God says about it and let's right. see how we can surrender that to God right. and then teach the spouse how you know to be that that person that can provide some of the comforting, mm-hmm. some of the soothing, uh, understanding that your spouse is suffering. Yes. They're not out to smother you. They're not out to limit your life. They're not trying to cramp your style, so to speak. You know, but they are suffering. Right. And then that person needs to know that the other spouse who is distancing, it's not because they don't love you. Mm-hmm. It's not because they don't want to be close to you or don't want to be near you. It's because they are, they are, they're, they're backing off for mm-hmm. survival's mm-hmm. sake. 
and it's natural for them to run from intimacy right. or to distance from it. And they may camouflage that with all kinds of natural reasons, right. uh, such as, like I said before, less work on independence. And mm-hmm. uh, they like to see themselves as much more healthy right. uh, you know, than maybe the avoidant person. Right. So does. this is really hard for us Anxiety to person. recognize on our own, I think, is yes. kind of the point, is someone like yourself with the expertise expertise, the experience, the education, to be able to create a process and a safe environment for people to come and and, um, be educated about these processes. This is part of why I have you on the show today. So people have information that um, maybe some light bulbs are going off of, oh my goodness, this sounds like me, or this sounds like my relationship, or this sounds like how I grew up. This sounds like my childhood family dynamic. Uh, They're getting information, and now they have a resource. Okay, this may be you, and you don't have to run. You don't have to get divorced. This is a gift, and God has designed the process for it to be exposed so you can resolve it. That's right. And so to come to a professional such as your help, yourself for the help and the process to um, be able to resolve this once and for all. And so um, really that's what I'm hoping is our listeners will recognize themselves here. That's right. Not get so triggered or so activated that they run, mm-hmm. but that they they go to drpegradio.com to get the information for Tony Matoyer, uh, marriage and family counselor. Yes. Um, so uh, talk a little bit more about um, that those attachments and we're going to take a break here in just about a minute and continue okay well looking at the anxious attachment style person uh, this person uh, you'll see them they want a lot of closeness in the relationship mm-hmm. uh, they they will express their insecurities or their worries about rejection uh, unhappy when not in a relationship sometimes and pretty much need to be in an intimate close mm-hmm. relationship at all times mm-hmm. otherwise it the void uh, will create pain right. for them uh, plays games uh, to keep your attention mm. or to keep your interest. You know, we'll do whatever it takes to kind of keep uh, and engage, keep their po- their spouse engaged mm-hmm. uh, for what they feel is their responsibility. Has difficulty uh, to explain uh, what's bothering them uh, a lot of the time. But they know something's bothering them. But sometimes the problem is they're not real so sure that the spouse really has an ear to hear or really even understands what it is they're trying to mm-hmm. communicate to them. Yes. So... That's the kind of difficulties you see, and each one of these, they, they actually will, will conflict with their ability to become one, mm-hmm. but it also serves as a wonderful gift about how you can best come together and be the man and woman of God that you were called to be. And he is very much invested in you. Amen, amen. That's Tony Matoyer. We'll be back. Schools are increasingly adopting 21st century learning strategies. However, safety largely remains absent from the conversation and fragmented efforts continue allowing for security gaps. Studies show effective learning can only exist when students and teachers feel safe. As the industry leader providing innovative educational solutions for more than 58 years, School Specialty has created the 21st Century Safe School, which aligns next generation learning best practices with proven safety solutions focused on the mental, physical, and emotional well 
well-being of every student, teacher, and school employee. From early childhood solutions to advanced training for teachers and administrators, the 21st Century Safe School is the most complete and comprehensive approach available to schools and universities. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the safest environment. Take action today by calling us at 877-878-5800 and learn more about this innovative approach at SSIGuardian.com. You can learn a lot about yourself and God from a dog. When her children asked for a dog, this mom got them gerbils. So imagine their surprise, and hers, when she adopted an abandoned dog that she met in Dallas, Texas, just one day after her divorce. In a way that only God could orchestrate, her spur-of-the-moment decision to take in a little dog she named Dallas was just the beginning of a seven-year journey that transformed her life and taught her to see herself and God in a whole new light. Read Doggy Tales, Lessons on Life, Love, and Loss I Learned from My Dog, a delightful and heartwarming book by psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Part memoir, part Christian inspiration, Doggy Tales is a must-read for anyone who wants to learn to recognize God's voice, even in the most unlikely places. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll love Doggy Tales. Go to drpegradio.com books to purchase your copy today. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and my guest is Tony Matoyer, marriage and family counselor in Aurora, Colorado. Go to drpegradio.com to get in touch with Tony. And Tony is helping us to understand how uh, our family, early childhood family dynamics and attachment styles influence our attraction and uh, to our potential future mate, uh, what happens in our um, in our relationships, the negative interaction cycle that can occur and self-perpetuate. And then we'll talk a little bit in this last segment about what we can do to uh, kind of reparent ourselves and where we missed it as children, how do we repair it? And then how can we really uh, create an environment for our own children where this doesn't uh, repeat itself? So Tony, you were sharing with us about anxious attachments and avoidant attachments. So talk with us about what it should look like, uh, what the healthy attachment should look like and how that plays out in our relationships. Okay. Well, the uh, secure attachment style individual, uh, they are comfortable with marrying uh, an avoidant attachment style person, an ambivalent one, or an anxious style uh, mm -hmm. person. Uh, the reason being is because there are certain characteristics built in this person uh, that keeps them from becoming destabilized or, or triggered or activated uh, by a behavior or a statement or a gesture even mm -hmm. uh, of their spouse. So what's, what you normally see in individuals with a secure attachment style uh, there's a list. Uh, they're reliable and consistent. Now, these are the kind of things that I'm helping to develop in mm -hmm. couples as they come in. So, so keep there's that hope. In mind. Yeah, if we have an oh, anxious yeah. or an avoidant attachment, it doesn't mean just live right. in a cave and never right. be in relationships. There's help and there's hope oh, to, there to restore that to a secure attachment. There's much help. Okay, and we'll talk about some practical things today. Okay, so uh, what, what, you want to see, what I want to see more uh, in the relationship mm -hmm. as they move along is getting to where they both can see that they uh, there's a reliability and the consistency of, of what's happening in, in the relationship. Mm -hmm. 
uh, consistency in communication, not double messages, not mixed messages, uh, consistency and reliable that you know you can depend on this person. Mm -hmm. They always keep their word. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not going to fail you uh, if there's any way possible not to. Mm -hmm. They're going to be somebody you can count on, depend on, trust, and, and have faith in. Uh, their, their, their behaviors show you you can trust them. Mm -hmm. You know, their attitudes and and investment in the relationships demonstrate to you that they're trustworthy mm -hmm. and reliable. Also, uh, uh, the secure attachment person is uh, makes decisions with you. So together, the husband and wife make decisions, uh, mutual decisions. And I always emphasize, you know, utilize one another's strengths mm -hmm. uh, with decision making. If you know your wife is strong in economics or, you know, with, with business and, and those kind of things, utilize her strengths. Mm -hmm. If you know you're better at, at repairs and house repairs and maybe uh, real estate or, or just whatever your, you know, whatever your strengths are, understand and, and utilize one another's strengths. Mm -hmm. And so then it's easier to make decisions together when you can yield or to submit to one another, mm -hmm. you know, depending upon who has the greatest asset right. in a particular right. area. Uh, the other thing is flexible views of relationship. Uh, what the problem is, there's relationship views and values are passed down generationally. And people don't always recognize that they're operating from their grandmother or their great-grandmother or their great-great-grandmothers, you know, philosophies mm -hmm. about how to do life and what the values should be. And and what a husband's role is and what a wife's role is. Mm -hmm. And so these things are passed down, they're built in, sometimes in concrete. And then when you run into that inflexibility, that's another uh, problem that creates impasses mm -hmm. uh, in the relationship. So there has to be flexibility. Uh, you have, you see, you're building together. Right. You're building this entity, this institution, mm -hmm. you know, of your marriage, and it's a covenant, a union. It's not a one side or her side or his side relationship. Mm. It is a mutual relationship. Yes. And then also, this uh, secure attachment person communicates relationship. Uh, issues well mm -hmm. so they don't shy away from problems they're not scared to talk about issues they're they're not afraid that oh no I don't want to make matters worse and oh my god I can't say this and oh my god I can't share that you know or are, are overdoing it yes uh, just doing the opposite you know just just not using too much wisdom or discretion with how they're presenting the mm -hmm. issues and the relationship because there has to be wisdom uh, and discretion and yes. balance with how we communicate anything in a relationship mm -hmm. but we can't operate out of fear right. uh, when we're trying to communicate a problem uh, and sometimes uh, what I notice is that spouses literally will train the other spouse that it's not okay not safe to it's not say safe the right to talk the truth it's not safe to tell that spouse that there's an issue it's mm -hmm. not safe to say how I'm feeling mm -hmm. uh, because they're gonna react yes and they're gonna teach you one way or the other that it's not okay to mm -hmm. do so so the secure attachment person has uh, has confidence uh, enough to know that we can talk about anything okay mm -hmm. uh, can reach compromise during arguments arguments mm -hmm. the way I approach it is not so much about compromise but it's actually looking for a win-win situation mm -hmm. that requires some compromise right, right. you know so he doesn't have to lose in order for you to win right and she doesn't have to lose in order for you to win mm -hmm. you know and so you learn to work together so that the outcome is will benefit you both it should look like a win-win mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. uh, the other uh, secure attachment uh, characteristic is not afraid of commitment or dependency mm -hmm. 
So when you have a person that's a little afraid of commitment, it's pretty noticeable. People get frustrated early on. They don't want to say, I do, mm -hmm. you know? So this is, this is <laughs> listen carefully. Those of you who are single, dating, looking uh -huh. for a potential spouse, this is something we tend to minimize and ignore yep. when they're, they're afraid of that commitment. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they shy away from anything that looks like real commitment and responsibility. Mm -hmm. And it's a fear. Uh, it could come out of so many different mm -hmm. things uh, uh, from that person's mm -hmm. experience. It doesn't make him or her a bad person. Right, right. Not at all. There's a fear associated with a with a problem with commitment. Mm -hmm. And then if if the problem with commitment is that person is literally feeling like, well, you're not somebody I really want to commit to, then you need to recognize that and and move on mm -hmm. if that's what you want to do. Right. You know, and don't let people waste your time. Right. You know, if you know that you want to maintain your, your integrity in the Lord and godliness and you want to have a, have a godly relationship and a godly marriage, then don't waste your time with people mm -hmm. that don't want the same thing as you do. Right. It's just important. And also dependency. Uh, this person is not afraid of their spouse having some dependencies. Mm -hmm. They're okay with that. They're flexible. Uh, they're reliable. They're, they're consistent. They know how to be there with you and for you mm -hmm. if necessary. And it's not a burden. Right. You know, so you see that in the and secure attachment. And it's mutual. Yeah. And it's so beautiful when it's mutual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it just creates more, more love right. and more closeness. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing, doesn't uh, view relationships as hard work. Mm -hmm. So uh, sometimes, you know, I'll suggest that the spouses will meet uh, together, meeting times, just them, mm -hmm. you know, uh, date night, uh, mm -hmm. communication night, or mm -hmm. just whatever. Structuring is some kind of way to get you going. Mm -hmm. The goal is so that you can find your own way of doing that that fits best for you and your spouse. Mm -hmm. uh, so you both can benefit from the togetherness uh, that you're going to have and, and achieve as you move along. Right. Instead of whatever that is that has caused you to draw apart, find ways to come together. So it's not difficult to come together when you're feeling secure on the inside as a person. Mm -hmm. You have the patience, you have the time, you have the forbearance. You know, you're able to be there for that person, whatever the needs are, right? right? And also closeness creates further closeness. Mm -hmm. So for this person, for some closeness will create anxiety or fear or, or other mm -hmm. kinds of fears. But in reality, the secure attachment people, when they're experiencing closeness, they're good with it. They're comfortable with mm -hmm. the closeness. They're not resisting it and fighting it or, right. or, or challenging it. Uh, so the closeness creates more closeness, and that creates more a greater sense of oneness. Mm. And, and remember, the oneness doesn't come with you losing any part of who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And they respect your identity and, and those personal boundaries and yet draw closer to one another mm -hmm. simultaneously. Amen. Okay. Also, uh, introduces friends. This is something you might want to think about. Uh, this person is okay with introducing their friends and family early on mm -hmm. uh, in, in the relationship. They're not afraid uh, of whatever might happen next. They're pretty comfortable with, you know, I have a right to my choices, my decisions, my friends, mm -hmm. uh, my family respects that. I don't mind bringing you in and showing you who you are. Right. I'm not afraid that you're going to complicate something or, or, or cause uh, uh, my family to see me in some kind of way 
uh, simply because I brought you in and there may be something about you they won't like. Mm -hmm. They're secure right. with their choice. They're not worried so much about what mom's going to think or dad's going to think or right. their friends are going to think. You know, it's about you and your person you're with. Right. And that's all that matters. Yes. And so it's easy to bring that person in and mm -hmm. show them who you are with this person and have them with you. Right. Great. Well, so that's the secure attachment. Let's, in our remaining time, talk about uh, how do we get there? So many families today are chaotic. So many are not nurturing. And we've got adults walking around with these attachment issues and they don't have secure attachments. Uh, there is help. There is hope. It's not over. Yeah. And so let's spend our remaining time talking about some practical strategies in and out of counseling that um, folks can use to kind of restore that secure attachment. Uh, you, you say there are five, um, five recovery, core recovery skills, you call them, that we can learn uh, for ourselves. To, and we can also help our, our children develop these skills. And I'll list them and, and have you talk about each of them in our remaining time. Uh, one, I'll list, I'll, I'll say all five of them, then we'll go back and have you talk about each. Uh, five recovery, core recovery skills we can learn for ourselves and apply with our children so they can grow up securely attached. One is to validate yourself. The second is letting go of some control. Yes. The third is feeling your feelings. The fourth, identify your needs. And fifth, set limits and boundaries. So let's talk about each of those so we can end the show where our listeners have some real practical strategies that they can use. Uh, validate yourself. Talk about that. Okay, self-validation isn't always the most comfortable or most natural mm -hmm. uh, thing that, come, that, that comes for a person. It means that first you, you, rec you, you hope to recognize uh, your value, your worth, mm -hmm. uh, your contribution, you know, to the world, mm -hmm. uh, to the people that are close to you in your life, understanding that, you know, you, um, uh, who you are as a person, that you're loved, that you're lovable, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of thing, and that, okay. and that you, uh, you have something to offer. You know, so, so what I usually do is get a person to, you know, start highlighting or, or make a list of their strengths mm -hmm. and, and their weaknesses. And that's something we can do with our children. Mm -hmm. Um, we can bless our children. We can look them in the eye and say, you are a wonderful daughter. You are a wonderful son. You're smart. You're witty. You're yes, gifted in absolutely. these areas. I bless you. I release you into your destiny. We, and we can talk to ourselves that way. That's right. <laughs> God says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm his masterpiece, his, his special absolutely. treasure. Absolutely. So we're validating ourselves. That's right. And so it's good to point out that you pointed that out because if that were happening early on in life, Mm -hmm. And the self-validation, the actual uh, exercise of mm -hmm. self-validation wouldn't even be necessary. Yes. It, it would already be built in Good. because we have a sense of who we are and, and our value yes. and our worth. And let's now talk about, because we're going to run out of time, I want to okay. talk about each of these. Okay. Another course recovery skill, and if you want more information about yes. all of these <laughs> skills and how to implement them practically, you can reach out to Tony Matoyer if you're in the uh, Denver, Metro, Aurora area. Uh, and again, you can reach Tony through my website, Dr. Pay radio.com so we can validate ourselves we can validate our children to That's help right. promote that Absolutely. secure attachment the second uh, recovery skill you say is to let go of some control yeah <laughs> I, and I put it that way yes. because uh, control seems to be an all-or-nothing uh, 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 component mm -hmm. uh, with our life uh, there's no such thing as as, uh, as as a little bit of control 
Like a uh, little bit pregnant. Like a little bit pregnant. <laughs> it, it's no such thing. Okay. Control is there because of the need uh, to control usually the externals. It, has, it really speaks more about not feeling so much in control internally. Mm. So we reach out to control what we can outside okay. of ourselves. And then that gives us a sense mm. of stability mm. that nothing's going to get past us. Nobody's yeah. going to surprise us, uh, catch us off guard, hit us with something mm. from behind in some way. And uh, something that can just actually uproot us, destabilize us, or cause us to get off course. Mm -hmm. And so people uh, learn, you have to learn uh, to let go of control. And it is a process, a step-by-step -step mm -hmm. process, first recognizing it and then actually challenging your way of thinking. What would happen if you were not in control mm -hmm. of the situation? And it usually is, well, everything will fall apart. Right. It'll just all go wherever, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but that's not true. Right. So it's kind of testing that and knowing that even when things externally are out of control, we can still be in control of ourselves and our emotions internally. Absolutely. Yes, we can. All right. So let's talk about feel your feelings. That's a huge one for a lot of people. They walk around numb. Yeah. They walk around flat. Yes. They're repressing. They're stuffing. Mm -hmm. How do we go about getting, uh, being able to feel our feelings? Well, right uh, from the beginning, I get people to uh, learn to identify them. Mm. Uh, you know, teach them. I uh, give them an, an emotional vocabulary, yes. so to mm -hmm. speak. Uh, you know, just all throughout the session, during the courses of the session, once I see that, mm -hmm. uh, is uh, start having, stopping along the way, you know, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? Mm -hmm. What are you feeling? Having them divide their thoughts from the cognitive, from, uh, from the emotional. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times a clue is you ask somebody how they're feeling, they're going to tell you what they're thinking. Right. So mm -hmm. then you get them to work a little harder, you know, start, you know, if the therapist, uh, counselor's good, mm -hmm. uh, he can usually or she can usually help that person identify what they're feeling at any given time mm -hmm. so that they can actually put words to those feelings. And then start to get in touch with your feelings mm -hmm. and then exercise getting in touch with your spouse's feelings. Ah. Identify your spouse's feelings. Yes. And then there becomes an interactive, an, an exchange of empathy, identifying mm -hmm. of emotions and finding where you are, mm -hmm. you know, so, so that's a process. Yes. It, it, yes, it is. Good, good. So the last two are identify your needs and setting limits and boundaries. And we could probably do a whole one hour show on just those two alone. Yes. So just in our remaining uh, time here, talk about identifying needs and setting limits and boundaries, kind of talk about those together. Okay. Well, a lot of times people aren't real sure what their needs are, mm -hmm. or they're not real sure uh, if the needs that they have should be met by them. Or should my spouse or partner have some part in meeting my needs? Mm -hmm. Well, we, it's a combination. Mm -hmm. We should be able to be good and okay with getting our own needs met. Okay. But we're not created uh, to, you know, to be in isolation. Mm -hmm. uh, God designed us to be, you know, we're social creatures. And uh, it designed us to be in relationship. And in that exchange between a husband and a wife, there are real needs that have to be met yes. and not just the physical. You have to know your spouse mm -hmm. and know what their needs are and then identify what intimacy is to that person. Yes. 
And so once we get those needs met, then we have to be able to have boundaries as individuals so that we're not being kind of sucked dry by our, by our spouse. We're Tony Matoyer, uh, we're out of time. It's just a great conversation. Thanks so much for being my guest today. I appreciate you. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Pegg, for having me. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure. And to listen online to Living Well with Dr. Pegg, register for one of my upcoming uh, retreats, go to drpegradio.com. My guest has been Tony Matoyer, and I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, reminding you to live well. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Living Well with Dr. Peg. For more information or to contact Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark about her mental health or consulting services, please visit her webpage at drpegradio.com.